If you want to get stuff done, then you have come to the right place. This is the Get Stuff Done podcast, brought to you in association with RDI Worldwide, a weekly interview series with prominent and diverse people from around the world who will share their own unique insights on what it takes to get stuff done and their personal strategies for doing so. My name is Gordon Dudley, the creator of the Get Stuff Done project and host of this podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope you enjoy this episode and would love to hear your feedback anytime. Let's get stuff done. Hello and welcome to the latest Get Stuff Done podcast. I am your host, Gordon Dudley, and I am absolutely delighted to be joined by yet another fantastic guest, Stephen Park, who is the co-founder and CEO of Asian Boss, an independent media company who are on a mission to bridge the gaps between Asia and the rest of the world. With subscribers in excess of 3.5 million and a combined social media following of over 7 million, they have been really breaking some boundaries when it comes to their independent style and their mission-led objective. I've known Stephen here in Korea for a couple of years now, and I'm really excited to have a chat with him today about his journey and, most importantly, how he gets stuff done. So, Stephen, a very warm welcome. Thank you so much, Gordon. Uh, Glad to be here. Great. And so uh, let's kick off with uh, how how we originally uh, know each other. So uh, you're you're based in Korea, here in Seoul, as as am I. And we've actually been been working together to try to help Asian boss grow. That's right. You've been very helpful uh, to date because I think we realized that one of the toughest challenges, like, you know, doing a startup, let's say, or starting a company. Uh, yeah, it's the talent. And uh, you actually reminded me uh, fairly early on that uh, sometimes it's better to leave things to the experts um, when it comes to finding these, you know, like the super high quality talent. And this is, you know, quite interesting coming from me, maybe, because people assume a uh, lot of when I people when I talk to people about us having uh, a lot of problems with company, the last thing they would expect, given our reach, like our global reach, uh, is that we would have uh, issues finding the right talent. But yeah, that is actually one of the the if the biggest, if not the biggest um, issue that we still you know haven't quite addressed. Uh, because yeah. You know, just these type of superstars are just so hard to come by. And and then we obviously got to talk more uh, about how you do your thing. And then that's why, you know, I don't really do a lot of these, a lot of these podcasts. In fact, I believe this is actually my very first ever uh, podcast actually being invited or saying yes to uh, being invited to, uh, to as, as a podcast as guest. So. Well, it's kind of that's, interesting because I'm always on the receiving end. I'm on, you know, it's like a flipping the script here. So, well, well, that is my that is my true honor, and thank you so much for accepting my invite. And I think you know it it makes sense to really uh, you know start at the beginning and clarify that um, you know first I, I'd like maybe for those who are not familiar with uh, you know 
what Asian Boss is and what you guys do. Maybe maybe to just uh, tell a little bit about how uh, you're talking about being professional. Well, in this case, um, what we are doing right now on a podcast uh, and creating content is very much what you do. And uh, I am the uh, the non-expert, uh, seeing as we've uh, recently started the podcast. So um, a great privilege to be to be able to uh, have you as a guest and uh, turn the tables around. But but please um, tell us a little bit about uh, Asian Boss. Yeah, so uh, me and my co-founder, Kay, we started Asian Boss uh, almost 10, like, no, exactly 10 years, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, and yeah, we, we had this, I had this vision uh, that one day, uh, the mainstream media is going to be made totally redundant uh, by the rise of social media and algorithms. Um, and yeah, the legacy media, the, the, the uh, worsening of polarization, a divisiveness that we see uh, in today's world. I, for some reason, I kind of predicted that almost 10 years ago. And, you know, we have all these like, different cultural stereotypes about different places that we've never been to. And the only way we get exposed to almost like different cultures or how other people that are different from us think is by, uh, you know, consuming the mainstream media and whatever they propagate. Um, although people might not perceive it that way. And yeah. And I just saw that, you know, it's not only worsening, worsening the, the cultural gaps, how people just have zero interest in like nuanced perspective of what's really going on in in many parts of the world, especially in Asia. And, you know, mm -hmm. even now, I bet you there's so many people in the world who might actually think of Asia as a country and not as a continent, the same way you might ask any Koreans or Japanese people, and they will probably think of Africa as a country not a continent and um, right it's kind of interesting to me how yep yeah. i was just gonna ask uh, where did the name originate from yeah so uh asia asian part is kind of obvious because i'm asian and you know we also we foresaw asia sort of as the the up-and-coming uh cultural hub and you can now see that now you see it with all these like you know Korea and pop culture, almost like being com just complete dominant uh, on, on, on the global stage. But yeah, we sort of saw this like a cultural shift from Hollywood and the West to uh, Asia, you know, could have started with the Japanese culture, like, you know, animation and things like that to now Korean culture. But, you know, we are really noticing this like a shift of cultural relevance almost almost like being in asia is kind of cool uh so we really wanted to do something to shed light on what's going on in asia that's the asian part boss as in type of a, like a leader uh mm -hmm. where you anybody could take action and get stuff done uh like a boss type of thing like a boss you know okay yeah so it just you, we just want to be boss you know and not not yeah. me uh but i i really believe that man if like an average person uh, some nobody like me could do something 
to make a difference, then surely I can inspire many, many other people that are way smarter than me and have more resources, you know, and talented skill. And, you know, they, they could probably do a lot more. So, you know, boss part is sort of like my aspirational thing that okay. everybody can be a leader to share their own story, encourage other people to speak up and things like that. Yeah. And, and talking of, of uh, having courage and, and being a boss, Prior to uh, Asian Boss, you were also a little more conventional in your career. Um, I understand that you were actually, uh, you know, in the legal industry uh, prior to to starting Asian Boss. So, what was it that for you kind of made you want to make the change, or, or not just make the change? Maybe you wanted to for a long time before that. But what was it that finally made you decide? I can step out of corporate and, 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 and kind of do my own thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I got asked that question quite a, quite a bit. Um, and probably one of the things that I got asked the most is, do you regret ever leaving the, the legal profession? And oh, do you think about it? Do you wish that you could have made a different choice? I'm like, mm. no, I, I, when I, when I resigned uh, and walked away for good, knowing that that's going to be my last time, uh, I did not think twice about it. Uh, I mean, at the time I was already working, uh, you know, 90 plus hours per week. And when you're not passionate, something, when you're not passionate about something, you're not driven by something, you know, there's only so much your will power can take you through. So, you know, unless you have something pulling you, like your willpower can only take you so far. And I was yeah. trying. So ironically, had I had a very comfortable job, you know, working nine till five in some like IT job or something like that, I never might have quit. But because I was pushed to the max doing something that I knew I could be good at, but I just didn't feel compelled to do it. There was no sense of calling and... The, the biggest irony I would say is that ever since I was like 13, all I wanted to become was a lawyer. Uh, and once I reached the goal, ultimate goal of working at a top tier law firm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like the saying goes, you know, be careful what you wish for because you might actually mm -hmm. get it. <laughs> and, got it. you know, I, when I got to where I thought I, this is, was going to be my life, everything was going to be cool. And then I got there and, it's like no, it's not. It's not all. It does. It didn't crack out to be what I wanted all along. I just wanted. I just knew that I was capable of making a bigger difference, I, and I just really wanted to. Uh, this is a. This is something I speak very often about, but leaving some sort of a legacy behind. Uh, you know, just how can I serve humanity better, and. Uh, I just didn't see how that was possible through being a lawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, but hey, maybe if I just make viral videos and it, just like how videos can change like a perception about an entire country, uh, like what sided with Gangnam Style, for example, which funny enough is actually one of the videos I watched that helped me make the decision, oh, okay, this is it. This is the most scalable way to make a global impact. 
Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to do something with videos, but uh, I just knew that it wasn't possible with my lifestyle at the time, which was literally working 90 plus hours a week. But so, it, yeah. It, it can't have been easy though, uh, you know, at the start to just, you know, go back 10 years ago, YouTube was not as ubiquitous as it is now. Social media integration across the board, not not as widespread, and, you know, not generation brought up on, on social media. So yeah, it must have been uh, tough going. There must have been times uh, that even once you'd started and, and you obviously, to a certain extent, found what you were looking for with regards to your, your bigger life goals, but you still must have had some really tough moments over the years. Yeah, so uh, I guess because I've been I've been around the scene for so long uh, in the YouTube space, I'll tell you something funny. When I uh, when Kay and I jumped into the YouTube space, we received two different types of feedback. Number one is like exactly what you said is like, what is YouTube, right? Uh, like, like sorry, is it even a job? Like, are you are you like, yeah, you just, you just blew people's mind. Like, why would you go through law school, okay, years of training yeah. as a lawyer, and then you're just going to make some YouTube videos? So that was like a one right. type of response. I mean, definitely YouTuber was not a defined no, term back then, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I'll tell you what's, what's more interesting is that for those people who were already in it, like, in other words, they were creators before they were known as creators, because we talked to a lot of those people as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, people still say this. We said, they said, everybody said that they kind of knew about the YouTube space. They said we were all too late at the time. That, man, you guys, like, you guys are not going to make it big because it's already too saturated. Remember, this is 10 years ago. Now, you will hear people say the same thing whether it be in the podcast space, the TikTok space, YouTube space, is way too saturated. Now you can't do anything to stand out. In my humble opinion, just based on my experience, that's complete nonsense uh, because we were told that exact same thing. And when I look at even like, because I get the question of like, oh, if we, we were to start over again today, what would you do? Like, do you think it's too late? I'm like, no, not at all. Not at all. I just so many. I see so many opportunities, uh, but yeah, it's basically yeah. that was actually. I would say we were told more by those people who already were doing a lot of things in the, you know, internet marketing space mm -hmm. or content creation space. They were like, "You guys are too late." Uh, so either way, we're 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 gonna fail because either people say that that's not even a real job. You can't make money yeah. out of it. Yeah. Or not that I was driven by money anyway. Or you're too late. So you could already see in everybody's mind what the odds of success uh, were, right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I still think about that the time <laughs> when, yeah, either I was crazy or they just like kind of take a pity on you. Like, oh, yeah, you must be going through, going through some sort of a court life crisis. Uh, under, we understand just, you know, just do whatever you got to do when they come back. Uh, maybe just think of it as a nice break, but uh, yeah. 
So bring us up to date with the latest, because uh, this is a pretty exciting uh, development that you've had in recent months with, with Asian Boss. Tell me, tell me what the latest uh, transformation or, or launch that you've, that you've had. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we've been creating content for a long time without really expecting anything in return. Uh, in other words, we really didn't actually have a product or service that we charge money for. Um, I mean, then in that case, you could argue that our videos themselves were the product that people just consume, but then we were always going to be dependent on external third-party platforms like YouTube. But, uh, you know, finally, after all these years, we actually decided to seriously, you know, consolidate whatever influence we built over the years and, uh, decided to create our own membership uh, platform where we actually charge people money for, uh, you know, accessing exclusive content that we create that we don't really upload on YouTube, uh, as well as fostering this type of exclusive content, uh, exclusive community that, mm -hmm. that I've always been wanting to build. Uh, and, you know, cause up until now, all our so-called community, uh, was like all scattered. On mm -hmm. some random Facebook groups, YouTube comment sections. Uh, but then the idea was to really consolidate everything. Uh, if people know about Asian Boss, this is where they should be to interact with other like-minded people that also care about bridging, you know, cultural gaps or building cultural bridges, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, and talk about, you know, just bring more positivity to the world and, and talk about like positive cultural experiences rather than just making each other enemies and just constantly fighting over it. So that was sort of like the very recent development. Uh, we launched it literally like a month ago. And, uh, you know, I think it's work in progress. It's something we got to build on. But yeah, uh, I just don't think we're, we're going to give up on this because it's just something that we've been building for a long time. Uh, and some things are some things like branding, like some things like a brand is is really hard to build. And but you know, it, time. It, it does take time. Exactly, uh, you know, all good things uh, do take time. You know, success uh, doesn't come over overnight. You know, always, you know, the classic, uh, you know, thing of people saying, you know, oh, how lucky you are to have made it. Um, but but that that. It's not reflected in the the, the years of, of of hard slog um, and and doing it alone. What you know that is the kind of guest that I want to always bring on to the Get Stuff Done podcast. Um, you know, someone who you know in the face of adversity, perhaps against the odds, has uh, come out on top. You know, that shows a certain uh, you know characteristic about the ability to get stuff done. Um, you know, whether that's alone or or just um, from from a from a kind of place of of not having a, a big well established brand behind you, what, what what is it about yourself, Stephen, that you think um, you know makes you? Um, yeah, what, what, you've clarified the mission of Asian Boss, but but what is it that brought you to to want that to be your mission? What what is it that that really drives you? Um. I think it's just my innate desire to 
reach my full potential, whatever that is, uh, because one of the things that I've always hated hearing, uh, maybe many, some people can relate, but, oh, Stephen, you have so much potential or this company has so much potential. And I think that kind of sums up uh, kind of like a lot of what we we see other people go through. I just feel like, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm on team humanity, as Elon Musk would say. Um, I believe in this tremendous uh, human potential that if we actually unleash that potential, we can solve mm-hmm. any problems that we face. You know, any technological challenges, environmental challenges. I really believe that we are capable of solving it. Mm-hmm. Just that maybe as an Asian person, you know, who spent child growing up in Korea, the Korean education system, maybe I've seen too many of those, uh, you know, human spirit or human potential gets squashed by the the, the mainstream thinking or parental pressure. Uh, and I, I don't really come across people that, number one, even do what they're passionate about or they even know what their purpose in life is. But number two, they never actually get to maximize their potential. And uh, I just hated to be that person, one of the other, just another many, many millions of people who just go through their entire lives not knowing that they, that this is like their maximum capacity, maximum output they can produce yeah. given my given my potential. So I'm like, okay, what could I be doing to completely unleash whatever it is that I'm capable of? Because I don't know. I've never pushed myself. Yep. Uh, and I think that only comes with you just taking yourself out of the comfort zone and just, just have a really big, ambitious goal that excites you, but at the same time, it kind of feels like a calling in life where the more you do it, the more, maybe because of the type of feedback you get from people mm. that you just get drawn to it. And then you realize, you come to the realization, oh, you know what? Yeah, this is actually my purpose. This is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. I'm not a religious person, but I, I truly believe in the sense of calling or purpose, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, like a vision. I have this right. vision of what, the, what I want the future to be. And just, it's just about executing those, uh, you know, vision, that type of whatever I imagine on my own terms. And that's sort of like maybe where I also get to simultaneously unleash my potential as well yep. uh, towards the journey of the unknown. I, I love that on my own terms. I think, I think that, you know, as a, as, a, as a British person who spent 13 years now in Korea, on my own terms, I think is something that uh, should be, uh, you know, more strongly accepted as as uh, the best thing for the individual. Um, definitely, yeah, I yeah, think. Uh, I have a feeling and- that you and I were cut from the same cloth. Uh, <laughs> and you know, one of the things I just I don't like to be boxed in and just be categorize or stereotype oh you're this you're this british person in korea you should you know behave in a certain way or like conform yeah. to how uh, yeah i i just just none of that stuff 
For sure. I mean, and I think um, for me, uh, also what you said about about like regrets, like, you, you know, uh, for me, one of my absolute business like idols and, and definitely one of the people that I really have respected for, for so long is uh, Sir Richard Branson, founder of the, the Virgin Group. And um, I, I just saw just the other day a, a little post. So he, he famously bought an island in the Caribbean uh, a long time ago, like really early on in his career. Um, but actually, uh, I, I read about the backstory of uh, the purchase of that island. It was uh, Necker Island, it's called. It was listed for $6 million. And he was trying to impress his girlfriend at the time by... Uh, being able to buy an island or have an island. So just as a joke, he he put in an offer of 100,000 and he ended up settling on 180,000 <laughs> from an original guide list price of 6 million. So under the, you know, the mantra of uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, yep. right? Right there, you know, um, and, and so that, that really kind of uh, struck, struck home with me um, as well. Seem, tell me some of your really practical, like kind of day-to-day things or techniques that you do to keep yourself on track and, and make sure you get everything that you need to get done done. I mean, you're, you're you know, you're head of a company. Um, you, you have, of course, um, a lot of production and output to do as well. What, what are some of the things that you do to, to make sure you, you get through everything you need to do? Um, well, first of all, I, I tend to work quite a lot uh, compared to uh, the average population. So I, 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 it's fair to say that I'm constantly working. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I actually was talking about this because, you know, I, I tend to be very uh, sort of self-reflective. So I mm-hmm. just think a lot about how I can improve myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a personal development junkie. I don't know if you can tell that, but uh, I really uh, see this as a trap for a lot of very smart, capable people. And that is they really uh, overthink things. They think they think too much. Uh, okay. Basically... Uh, I don't, I'm sure you heard this term, you know, paralysis through analysis. Yeah. Because you overanalyze, because you think about, okay, what's more important to do? I th- I actually think it's just the simpler you, like, you know, the less you have in your mind, um, mm. the better almost. So you need to almost like be in the habit of, before you even start thinking about things, you just got to, even if we, you think of it as a, you know, not so important, like, you know, getting back to emails or something like that in the morning, the fact that it sort of gets you into that rhythm uh, yep. and you're sort of getting warmed up. And I really believe in this concept of warming up because, you know, like, for example, you hit the gym in the morning, you know, ideally you want to stretch, you want to warm up and then get your heart rate going before you start like you know pushing heavy weights or lifting heavy uh and i recently and maybe this is something i'm talking to you talking revealing for the first time is i recently started taking some vocal lessons 
Um, and because I just, you know, I've been told that like, oh, Stephen has a, like a decent speaking voice and then maybe he's like really good at singing or something. And I'm like, I just cannot sing. <laughs> so okay. it's like, okay, I wonder what my potential is singing. Like okay. I how good I could get if I could unleash yeah. this. And then one of the things I actually realized that every time we, we before we start the class, there's a lot of warm up, right? Mm -hmm. To and something I'm like, wow, that's cool because yeah, it just realized I, I've been, you know, like I'm not talking for all day, just working. And then at the end of the day, I try to speak loud. I just it just doesn't come out, right? You need to like just warm up your vocal cord. Um, so just like that, when you get, mm. even comes to work. I think it's just important to just get in the rhythm and start getting warmed up. It's like when you're sitting and you're trying to draft this perfect, you know, piece of copywriting or, uh, you know, try to come up with a script or something like that. Just like writing an essay back in law school, when you try to draft a perfect thing and you just think and think and think and you just, you know, you're never going to progress beyond one paragraph. Yeah. But you just like, start dumping your ideas uh and then you can always refine it as you go but once you start get yourself into that 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 groove of writing or you know whatever it is that you do you just got to get started yeah without thinking and to me that actually worked that worked out quite well over the years that whenever i feel like i have an important task i know i'm going to come around to it because i just don't you know, I can't finish the day without actually getting it done, but, you know, okay. I like, and I know that some people have like, oh, just get the, the most important first thing, get the thing done out of the way. And yes, I tend to do that as well. But if I really, really don't feel like getting to it, I just got to start with something. And then my, 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 I can, I can feel my brain sort of warming up, getting in me into this creative zone. Or like, you know, if I have to draft like a piece of legal contract, uh, I'm like, oh man, I just don't feel like doing it. But then I, okay, let me just, you know, let me just read on things that's related to that. And then I slowly start getting warmed up and then like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to just start drafting now. So fully agree. Yeah. I mean, I, basically just don't overanalyze, just take action, you know, or because, you know, like as Tony Robbins would say, when there's motion, your emotion follows, right? Uh, so I think it's yep. just important to just get moving and just take action and just do something without thinking, oh, but is this the most important things to do today? Yeah. Just do it. Thousand, just just yeah. do it. <laughs> a thousand percent agree. And and I think we are we are coming from the same uh, the same uh, philosophy because we didn't talk about this uh, in advance of the episode, but that is exactly the 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 oh, really? ethos and the mantra of the the get stuff done project that um okay, well, starting <laughs> starting is is already um you know you know half half the the battle and you know yeah. Yeah. you mentioned exercise you know no one no one likes uh, that that first um moments of of going out for the run but as soon as uh, you start running all of a sudden you you just keep going right um uh, in, the, in your case that. That's actually a very good analogy, but I'll go a step further. Uh -huh. And by when I, how I define starting, like so, you you just gave me an example of going for a run, and then you the moment you start running, 
I would actually define starting as even getting out of bed. So for yes. example, I hate waking up early in the morning, but I just train myself to always wake up at 5 a.m., right? It's like, oh, yeah, I got to get up. I got to hit the snooze button. But the moment, like, I even start thinking, I just literally just pull my body up. I, I, I get, I, I just sit up. And that's already the motion has started, right? Yes. And you just realize that the moment you literally force yourself to just get up, then you don't think about going to bed. You don't feel like going to bed. So exactly. basically in this cold weather, the moment I step outside, the house in order to, I don't know, uh, grab the subway, get in a cab. That's already like, yeah, I'm on my way to working out. So that's a win, right? So that's a part of my warming up process. The fact that I was managed to get out of the house at this hour uh, so that I can go to the gym. I don't even have to go to the gym. I already kind of, that's the half the battle for me. So like, yeah, you, you just got to chunk it down to that that granular level of small wins, I guess. For sure, no, I, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more, um, especially uh, when it comes to to business and and work because there's there, there there's no such thing as a perfect plan. The the one thing that is certain is that once you get started, you will discover something that you didn't expect, couldn't predict. Or something changes, and even if the plan was right for those circumstances, the circumstances have already changed. And so that's definitely something that um, I've learned in the last seven years uh, running running RDI is that um, you know I, I think the, the the textbook way is emergent strategy, um, which it makes it means uh, you know basically uh, developing strategy as you go. Um, which you know is a, is a nice way of putting it, but but really um, it's like you say the main thing is uh, getting started um, is already is already getting you getting you in in the right uh, the right path. Um, when it comes to managing others, right? I mean, we've talked a certain amount about about self management, self leadership. Um, how about in your um, you know, in your organization, when it comes to leading and managing others, what are some of the things that you, uh, you know, espouse or, or try to cultivate um, in within others in order that you can make sure that they get done what the, what they need to get done? Yeah, um, I, I that's that's I mean that's like an age old question: how to be a good leader. Um, I I honestly don't think I'm actually better than them. So, you know, I just happen to have more experience. All I can do is try to lead by example, mm-hmm. reiterating why, why, why we're doing this every single day, uh, you know, talking about what needs to be done. I mean, I don't even really do that anymore. I just pretty much, yeah, like re- have to remind myself as well as to the team, like, why what we are doing is actually super important and this is how how we are getting closer to that ultimate goal or vision and, okay and well in that case have, have you had a time when you've you've kind of faced a significant challenge like a, a like unexpected event how, how did you deal with that and and what was it that allowed you to kind of overcome that 
Maybe that's a, a different yeah. way of looking at it. Uh, you mean like challenge in terms of? Well, obviously, you know, we, even though you, you said right at the start, a bit of a workaholic, so definitely like to, uh, to try to do it all yourself. But as soon as we have an organization that's, that's bigger than just us, we, you know, we need, in order to get more done, we need to make sure that others are doing a certain amount of the work. And we, we kind of essentially, um, uh, refocus on what the highest uh, value work is for us to do and and try to get support from others uh, so in that sense uh, sometimes we don't always get what we expected and i just wondered if you had um, experienced that and, and how you kind of uh, um, got back on track yeah i think um that's actually very tough uh, and i'm pretty sure a lot of people have this issue that, yeah, it'll never live up to your standard. Um, and I think that's pretty much a given because no matter how much I train people, you know, they just don't have the type of experience insight that I have. Um, and I really struggled with that early on. Um, mm. Hopefully my team will tell me that I've got better at it. Um, I'm still working very much work in progress and on that front. You know, I actually asked this question. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get sidetracked, so let me know if I'm going completely off the track. But I, uh, a few months back, had a chance to talk to uh, number two at uh, the Mr. Beast team. Uh, Mr. Beast, for those who don't know, is like the biggest YouTuber on the planet with over 100 million subscribers. And uh, he's also the guy who trained his own CEO so that they think like the way he does so that he can just go out, create content full time. So on the outside, from the outside perspective, it looks mm -hmm. like he's delegated everything. Mm -hmm. and everything is just running on its own. But when I had a chance to talk to the number two, it's mm -hmm. like a COO or like those guys who started with Jimmy, uh, Mr. Beast. You know, from the very, from the very beginning, is he now the the number two himself has got like fifty to hundred people working below him, and even just to put the put the right thumbnail image, they have a whole Slack chat group for each video. They have about between eighty to one hundred fifty thumbnails that they have to evaluate. And what he told me was quite interesting is, Stephen, no matter how much you want to make yourself completely redundant and maybe other people can do 70 to 80% of what you do, but they'll never be able to get to 100% of what you do, okay? Which means you still need to make the final decision and give feedback. But believe it or not, him and Mr. Beast himself will still have a final say on the on the thumbnail because it's just that important. Okay. And yeah. So that, yeah. I I know that maybe the current trend of like this management teaching or leadership thing is you've got to completely delegate everything and you know it's just you gotta almost like take yourself out of the maybe it is possible. But I think 
I'm sort of getting to, and I, at, at some point in my uh, career as a, as CEO, yeah, I there was a time when I thought, you know what, I just wanna, I just wanna completely get myself out. But then recently, for some reason, I actually, I'm kind of like maybe I overcorrected. I'm kind of swinging back to, to the center a little bit, which is, you know, like yeah, when it comes to reviewing other people's work, like. For the ultimate quality control, you still need to have a final say. Uh, yeah. But I'll be happy if people can get to get it to 70, 80%, even sometimes 90%. And I just keep on giving them feedback. And, you know, when it comes to feedback, the whole sandwich method still works. Even if people know that about that or not, sandwich method being starting with a, you know, pointing out something positive, improvement points finished with a positive sandwich type of like, yeah, but still that was really good. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I, honestly, I think, you know, having thought about this leadership thing for a very, very long time, and I'm sure you've done the same. Yeah. If you just don't have the right people to begin with that are not driven, that are proactive to, and they still have this, very much they have a skin in the game. I think this whole discussion about, you know, effective delegation uh, or training or giving the feedback is is rather moot because yeah. it's like you're trying to reactively solve these problems rather than sort of like addressing it up front. Uh, so just by really getting the emotional and, and, you know, every, just get a buy-in from the person who's super capable, you know, that they can, they're capable of performing that, that role. Mm. I think that should be what the majority of the, the focus uh, should be. I yeah. think. But that could yeah. Just be, yeah. I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I fully, fully agree uh, with, with what you said. And, I think that uh, maybe this this kind of pulling yourself out, um, extracting yourself is maybe it's come out of the more recent trend of of the side hustle, you know, passive income, you know, this kind of thing where earn you know earn money in your sleep kind of thing, which is which is you know using as much automation as possible, but that is a, a very specific and and kind of tiny niche area. Um, and I think your interpretation of accepting that uh, no one can do it as as well as you can means doesn't mean just accepting that. It means that you have to make up that difference, and that you don't you can't delegate everything. I mean, there's no doubt that Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, they are still uh, very much uh, hands on despite their ginormous uh, organizations. So, you know, the, they are the ones who have taken their businesses to the you know, absolute largest possible uh, scale in, in the world. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely um, some, some lessons to be, to be taken out uh, from that. Um, do you, do you Stephen, think that also, do you think that also that this has got, you know, maybe I'm sure there are many ways to skin a cat. And uh, it really depends on what kind of company you're trying to build as well, or what kind of business you're trying to build, right? Because I've heard of terms like lazy CEO or like, you know, or 
four-hour work week, you know, just mm. life balance and all that kind of things. But I honestly think at the end of the day, it's about what kind of impact are you trying to leave? Uh, yeah, what kind of like scalability are you looking for? Uh, what kind of impact do you want to make? Uh, or, or what kind of uh, legacy do you want to leave? Uh, yeah, I think, ironically, I think if you you want to build this giant, like, you know, enormous legacy and try to create like a global impact and not just be a small, like a lifestyle business, so to speak. Mm. I mean, Elon Musk would be a really good example. Like, uh, look how much, you know, completely, you know, just he just changed multiple industries. Multiple yeah. industries, yeah. Yeah, and, and to your point, he's still working his ass off. And I just don't think that's by choice. I mean, sure, you could argue that he's just wired like that. He has to micromanage everything. But I really feel a lot for how he he knows that that he needs to get something right in order to you know, just transform an industry. And if he wasn't doing what he was doing and just like, oh yeah, I'll just delegate everything because I know that there's so many smart people. There's only one Elon Musk. For sure. For sure. And I say that though, that I might get attacked. It's like, oh, you think you're so special. Uh, but yeah, it just, just uh, all I can share is just from my own experience. Yeah. What I've seen is, yeah, this is such a, like a, maybe it's very inconvenient in terms of being politically correct, but yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Well, uh, I would definitely love to share my thoughts uh, in more detail at a later time, but I think we, we're almost uh, running out of time. Um, one last question, though, um, which is, you know, we, we're in the, the tail end of 2023 going into 2024, New Year, um, what, what, uh, what's in store for you and Asian Boss um, in the near future? Yeah, so uh, I think we've got something very big coming up. We were just strategizing about it uh, yesterday, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, our goal has always been the same, is, which is we, we want to be the biggest uh, like a media presence or media brand, definitely from Asia, uh, but pretty much for the rest of the world as well. And, you know, because only because Asia in the future will just be the, you know, the most population, you know, like, and we were yesterday just calculating how many countries are there in, in Asia. It's 48 countries. Uh, well, if you include North Korea, so yeah, we've got something big planned, but yeah, ultimately something that'll just take our brand to the next level in terms of that global uh, type of sort of recognition, uh, you know, potentially lead to some sort of like a original series. Uh, okay. So we've got, you know, not to mention expand our current membership platform. We just got to grow this thing to the point where yeah, I mean, can we compete with New York Times and their 10 million subscribers? Let's see. 
Well, on that note, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being a guest on the Get Stuff Done podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm sure that everyone uh, will get a ton of value out of this episode uh, because we covered a lot um, in, a, in a short space of time. Thank you uh, for sharing your insights. Well, you should try to make this longer, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the audience feedback. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's let's get some audience feedback. Um, if uh, if you'd like uh, these episodes to go longer, please let us know. Um, we're always willing to to uh, listen um, to what people have to say, and uh, hope that you, if this is the first time uh, listening to the Get Stuff Done podcast, that uh, you do give us a subscribe so that you can get our weekly episodes that uh, come out every Thursday. So once again, thanks uh, for being on the podcast, Stephen, and thanks everybody for listening and watching. See you next time. Thanks for having me on. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Get Stuff Done podcast. If you would like to be a guest in the future, please do reach out. Or if you would like to recommend someone, that would be awesome as well. Make sure you keep listening as we will be bringing you fresh insights every week because getting stuff done is something everyone needs.